born in the grip of oppression I fought for my liberty I paid with the blood of my people Freedom has never been free Now my door's always open To dreamers and friends But when I'm attacked I protect and defend Because my name is America Welcome, this is Karen Schoen, and this is the prism of America's education, brought to you on the America Out Loud talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. Folks, I cannot say enough about the Alliance. It is imperative that we pay attention to our children's education because that is the driving factor that makes them successful. And if they are not thinking beings, then we have nothing because without being able to think independently, they wind up making the same mistakes of yesterday because yesterday is being erased and being returned as something we hardly recognize in this great country. Uh, The goal of the globalists is to change America's history into something that we hardly recognize. And even though Dr. Martin Luther King was a wonderful man, the fact that he was a thinking being and actually a Republican is never even mentioned. Not that the Republicans are so wonderful. Remember what I tell you? Globalists are in both parties. Their goal is to destroy America, actually to destroy all nation states. They have no desire to have any country with any allegiance to anything other than themselves. And they intend to erase all borders, which is why we have open borders, to eliminate states, to eliminate elected officials. Imagine that if the elected officials actually knew what their goal was. And to divide the world into regions and to place unelected bureaucrats in charge of each region. So therefore, there will be no elections. There will be no citizens being able to make their own decisions. And that's a horrible thing. And that was what Dr. King was all about. That people who are educated are capable of making their own decisions. And that is such an important piece of American history. And as a former teacher, that is so sad that it is no longer taught in school. Well, I have asked Dwayne McClure, who is a black conservative, to join me today because as a black conservative living in the deep South, I want to know how that happened. How is he not a Democrat like his ancestors were over and over again? I'm sure he must have been hounded. And this is an amazing thing. So, Dwayne, thank you so much for joining me today. And my question to you is, how on earth, as a black conservative, did you manage to grow up in the deep South? It is a, a wonderful thing, and it shows me that you were thinking. Yeah, absolutely. As I was uh, joking with you before the show, I was saying uh, I was just born this way. But in, in reality, when I when I look upon it, it's not so much that I ran away from 
the thoughts and beliefs of my ancestors in so much as the values that were instilled in me were inherently conservative values, a love for family, a love for, you know, hard work, a love for taking care of your own and then taking care of others. Uh, it just led to the point where my parents who love them, love them to death, always taught me to challenge everything, to be skeptical of everything. And that really led me to, to the arguments really when I was about 12, 13 or so of like, okay, I notice all these, all, all these other black folks around me are diehard. They're going to vote for whoever has the D next to their name. And I, I really began exploring, why do we have to do that? Why is it my destiny that because of the, the color of my skin, because of my ancestors, uh, that I have to vote this particular way? And, and when I did some more exploration, I, I found that really I have a lot more in common with, with the conservative movement than, than I ever do with uh, the progressive movement that has invaded and infected the, the Democratic Party. They don't have liberals anymore. They have progressives. And uh, the progressive is an entirely different animal. I couldn't agree more. And it's very sad because I grew up in the North and I experienced the same thing. Uh, originally, my family were all Democrats, but that was when Democrats stood for family and values and America and hard work and ethics. And unfortunately, this is no longer my family's Democrat party. And when I started working, I began to see the change when I was teaching because no longer were American values being taught no longer were family values being taught this filtering of progressivism, which later on we now call globalism, which is nothing other than communism and Marxism. And we all go back to the same circle again. It becomes a game of words, but it's all the same thing. One is a state controlled and owned everything. And the other is individuals control everything. Right. And I'm an individual, you're an individual. And the sad part that I see is that in our schools, we're not teaching our children to be individuals. And that's going to bite us in the butt, as I say, because I believe that right now this country is being run by affirmative action graduates. And what do I mean by that? This is a group of people that have had the bar lowered, not raised, as we were taught. And that was a big thing. So what got you involved in politics, Dwayne? So I, I was a very weird kid, uh, I'll admit. I was a very weird kid growing up. The thing that I really wanted to be um, up until I was about seven was I really wanted to be an archaeologist. And it just so happened that my, my grandmother is the president of my local chamber of commerce back home. And she interacted with a lot of, of uh, state reps and state senators from, from the state of South Carolina, where I'm from. And <clears throat> of course, most of them were Republicans. And I thought they had the coolest job when I was like seven or eight. Like, oh, they get to go around and they talk to people and they get to make decisions and uh, that really kind of started my journey into caring about politics. Uh, I'd say really about 12 or 13 is when I really started noticing politics. And then by 14, 
um, I was out there running state rep races uh, before I could even drive. I was I was field directing state rep races. Uh, it's been outside of my outside of my wife. It has been the love of my life. <laughs> yeah, I I can understand that because politics is really very exciting when you are realizing that you're molding the future. You are really becoming a part of what's going to be happening in the future. And like any other job, your future can be good or it can be evil. And this is what we have going on today. Wouldn't you think? Uh, I agree. And the thing that I, the thing that I always told people in the political realm is they say it's, it's not personal, it's politics. And I say, no, no, no. Politics is the most personal thing that we can ever do because as a conduit for what we think, what we believe and how we view the world, we're electing representatives that supposedly are going to share those same values. Politics is incredibly personal. Not only is it personal in the aspect that you are essentially vicariously giving someone your ideals and hoping that they treat them with care, but they're also very personal in the, in the extent that, in the extent that, you know, you are affected by the decisions these people make on a regular basis. It affects your wallet. It affects your children's education. It affects your children's future. Uh, the one thing that I that I really try to harp on with with black communities, with Latino communities, is don't just vote Democratic for the sake of for the sake of voting Democratic. Because at the end of the day, if I had to go up to the Democrats and I said we can do school choice and all these teachers can keep their jobs, which I'm not a big fan of because there are some pretty bad teachers out there, but I say if we can do it, I said these Democrats are always always going to choose to make sure that your children stay in what I call intellectual ghettos. I couldn't agree more. That is a perfect, a perfect phrase. I love that intellectual ghettos. Um, You are so right, because I remember as a teacher, uh, as I began to go into the book room, I always looked for the oldest textbooks that I could find because they had the most uh, information in it. They had the most facts. They had the most facts. Uh, the newer textbooks were just full of fluff and words and didn't have much meaning behind them. And everything was value driven, not factually driven. And I began to see the the uh, demise of what was a an educated society into what we have now, which is an intellectual ghetto. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> so what got you into the idea that um, you are now the executive director of the America First Pact, and that is P-A-C-T, folks. Um, what got you involved in that? How did you get started in what made you create a pact and become involved in it? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, this really all kind of goes back to to my college days. In college, I started a uh, consulting business because uh, the one thing that, that I joke about is I say, never tell a Southerner that they can't do something because they'll just go out and do it. And I was working as an intern for a United States senator, and my boss told me that I didn't have the requisite background to be successful in politics. It, he wasn't trying to be mean. He thought that he was just gently reminding me that I didn't have the background necessary to be 
successful because I didn't have an Ivy League degree. I didn't have the right connections, all that stuff. So I said, watch me. So in my dorm, I created a, a small little outfit that by the time I got done with it in late 2020, early 2021, had been active in the United States, Canada, and Paraguay, of all places, running uh, state, federal, and uh, uh, parliamentary elections. Uh, so I decided that year, uh, the same time uh, the pandemic was kind of starting up, that I wanted to scale back. Took a step back, and I saw what happened in, in late 2020 with the election, and I saw the direction that the conservative movement was going. I always knew it was going in that direction, but uh, I didn't see how bad the totality of it was. I didn't see that we are a, when I say we, I mean collectively as, as conservatives, we are a party on the Republican side of losers. And we're not losers because our ideals are wrong. We're losers because the men and women who, we have been sending to defend those ideals and to advance those ideals have committed numerous derelictions of duty. So I got a call in 2021 from a buddy of mine who introduced me to a fellow. He was like, Hey, this guy's got an idea. Uh, it's an alliance of candidates across the country who are all going to try to advance America first ideals, America first principles, you know, energy security, food security, nat uh, national security, making sure that our borders are defended. You know, very simple things that 10, 20 years ago, virtually every American left or right could agree on. But now, of course, is bigoted, racist. Pick, pick your ist, and it's that. Um, and I said, okay, I think that this is a project worthwhile. Uh, I had been semi-retired from politics for about six months. Uh, I had been newly married, and I looked over at my wife, and I'm like, well, I'm going to take this uh, project on if that's okay. And she said, absolutely, go do it. Uh, she saw that I wasn't exactly excited with being a quote-unquote normal person uh, outside of the realm of politics. So I've been guiding this, this effort, spearheading it for about – uh, a little over a year and a half, and we started developing state chapters. We started recruiting candidates to run at the state and local level as well as federal. So really the, the whole entire goal of this endeavor is to turn the Republican Party from a party that constantly is on defense and seeds ground under men like Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham uh, to a party that goes on offense and actually fights for things we believe in and not just fights, but wins. Uh, we don't care about being liked. We care about being right. I like that motto. We don't care about being liked. We care about being right. And unfortunately, what I'm seeing is my generation who was taught to never talk about politics and religion. Uh, that was a big deal. And that is what got me started in politics, because as you said, the minute you tell a, a conservative that they can't do something, they'll go out and do it. And this is exactly what happened with me. I began to uh, see in school that I wasn't getting any place because history was being 
toned down, being erased, things that I was used to doing, like saying the pledge and uh, praying to God and having a prayer in, in school was being eliminated. And slowly I was beginning to see the children that I was teaching becoming less and less involved in education and more involved in social garbage. And to me, that was not what school was about. The idea of school and an education was to teach skill set that would enable a student to go out into the world and make their own choices. And that was being eliminated because everybody was expected to now agree and make the same choice. So that was when I quit teaching because I felt I wasn't getting any place. And the horrifying thing was when I began to do mortgages, I became a mortgage broker. I realized the lack of education that the kids had in economics. And here they were in endeavoring to buy a purchase a house and had no clue of how to put a budget together. So I could not agree with you more. Um, so what does the PAC do? What are you all about? And I know you're having a convention in uh, February, so perhaps uh, you can tell everyone what the PAC is actually up to. Are you training candidates? Because I believe that all politics starts local. And if you don't pay attention to what's going on in your local community and understand some of the nefarious people that will come and try to influence your county commissioners or your uh, mayors and uh, be absolutely giving them the wrong information because they lie so much uh, they actually have a goal, and that's to eliminate private property. And if we don't educate our politicians, then how do they fight against this? So what is the procedure that your PAC is working towards? Yeah, absolutely. So at our core, PACT actually stands for Protecting America's Constitution and Traditions. So we truly believe that in order to protect the Constitution and traditions of the United States, that we are going to need county leaders, state leaders who have a passion for defending the Constitution. So a lot of our work involves not only endorsing and supporting our federal candidate, but really training up the next generation of conservative leaders to be effective. Uh, because we notice that there's an issue. We can get conservative leaders elected, but because they don't have training, they don't know how to be effective when they get into office, so they often get shuffled into the corner. Uh, so what we've done is we've developed a team, we've developed a curriculum to actually train individuals on how to be effective leaders, not only in legislatures, but how to be effective leaders within their county parties and within their state parties, because the goal is to fundamentally change the DNA of the Republican Party and I view it as almost like being a geneticist is that I'm taking out the weak points and we're replacing them with strong points. It's going to take time, but if we have enough folks, everyday folks who step up and have been trained to be effective, we can actually move the party slowly to a more um, offensive conservative position. And that's really what this conference is about. The conference is about bringing everyday people together. Um, it's not, I like to say it's CPAC for normal people because our goal is to be accessible, not elitist. 
I don't care if you've, you know, been been a truck driver your whole life and you care about conservative politics and you want to come. That's great. We actually want people like you. We want everyday citizens to come realize and, and interact with other people who are average citizens and see what the America First movement looks like beyond the elected officials, because elected officials at the end of the day come from everyday people. So why can't we unite as a group, get together, get energized, get pumped, get ourselves trained up to be effective in the battles to come? Oh, what a, that is a wonderful goal and so important, folks, because Dwayne is 100% right. It is we the people. That's why the Constitution does not start out saying I, the government. It says we the people, and we are the people who will make a difference. And the only way to make a difference is to do it. And the problem that I see is that we lack leadership. Uh, we have some individuals that need to step up because they would be positive leaders and a positive force, and many of them are afraid. Um, join the pack, and you won't be afraid because you'll find others who are exactly like you. Dwayne, where do they go to find information about the conference? Absolutely. So for more information about the conference, we kept it really simple. It's www.theamericanconference.com. Uh, there you should see everything about tickets. You should see everything about uh, media, vendors, whatever you would like on that end. And then there's also a link to our website, uh, www.americafirstpatch.org. And it'll go straight to there. You'll see some of the, the policies that we support such as, you know, maybe the radical notion that American land should belong to American companies or American people at the very least. Um, you know, very radical things like that. Uh, and then it, 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 we're super accessible. My handle on social media is McClureSC2030. Uh, the pact is America First Pact. And we're pretty much available day and night. It's, it's a good time. I enjoy interacting with people. So feel free to reach out. Oh, that is wonderful. And folks, when you are talking to a new candidate, it is so important that you ask them the right questions. It's nice to know that they go to church and it's nice to know where they live and things like that, but that's not going to help. So my first question is always, what is a MAGA? What does that mean? And if they can't tell you that it means America first, then it's your job to say next, because that person has no idea what we are fighting about. If we cannot get America to be great again, the world will surely fall into a very dark path for a very long time. And we certainly don't want to be the ones responsible for making that happen. I wouldn't want anybody's children to wake up one day and say, Ma, what did you do? Dad, what did you do? How come you did nothing? And how come I have no choices that I can make anymore? So this is probably our most important election because we have to get it set on the right path. And I certainly believe that President Trump is the one to do it. Why? Because he did it before. And I like to go on past experience. But that's my personal opinion. I also live in Florida, and I am very disgusted with our absentee governor who is letting the state slide into the garbage. 
So I love it when all these people go around saying uh, um, we need to have a, a president DeSantis and they don't talk to the people that live in Florida. I think that's a travesty. You should talk to the people that live here and we'll tell you about him. In yeah. any event, make sure, Dwayne, that uh, you go and visit the America First Pact and get involved. That is the most important thing that you can do right now is get involved, whether it means writing a letter, making a phone call, sending an email, doing a tweet. It does not matter. If we do not get involved, our representatives have no idea what we want, and they will go about doing whatever they want, which is not why they were elected. So, folks, uh, don't go away. We will be right back. This is Karen Schoen. You have been listening to the Prism of America's Education brought to you on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. Please go flca.org. That is the Alliance website. Click on legislation and see what the Alliance is fighting for and see what our criminals in uh, the legislature in Florida, in the state house, are trying to do. They want to eliminate the HOPE scholarship. HOPE, H-O-P-E, giving students hope, allowing them to move out of a horrific situation where they may be harassed and bullied and to get the funds to be able to go to a different school. Our criminals in the state house are trying to eliminate that scholarship. We can't let that happen. There are many others that you should be looking at as well. So please go flca.org and find out what you can do to help the children of Florida become educated. Uh, Don't go away, folks. I will be right back. The buildup of spike proteins is dangerous to your health. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body, removing the spike proteins, allowing your body to repair from within. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system becomes less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix Rx. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus-hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. 
For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Lifestyle changes are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support cholesterol and blood pressure with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud for 25% off. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Changing the world one person at a time. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Welcome back, everyone. This is Karen Schoen. You're listening to the Prism of America's Education brought to you on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance, Go FLCA. Contact your legislator and tell them do not eliminate the hope scholarship which gives our children hope, enables them to get out of those public schools that are nothing more than indoctrination clinics, which often harass and bully our children if they don't have the same belief. Folks, that is very important. The Hope Scholarship is in jeopardy. We do not want to lose that. Well, going along with wokeness and with what Dwayne said in the first segment and the importance of regular citizens, you and me, running for office and getting in places where we can actually impact our own local communities is one of the most important things that we can do. And we're very lucky. We have a dear friend, Ed Danko, who lives in Flagler County, who is the vice mayor of Palm Coast. And Ed felt that he could do a better impact if he was county commissioner. And I believe that to be true. One of the things that I learned when I interacted with our county commissioners is that Unfortunately, they are very gullible and too often believe the lies that are being thrust upon them. And one of those lies is about conservation easements. 
We went to our county commissioners and we begged them, don't get involved in conservation easements. All it is is a ploy to get pristine land off the tax rolls. And you will not be able to do anything with that land for years and years to come. And lo and behold, here up in the panhandle, that is what we are experiencing. As much of the land that is buildable, that would be wonderful, that would be usable, that would be able to be created back into the tax rolls, are now in conservation easements. So please don't be duped, folks. It's very important. Ed, thank you so much for joining me today. What made you run for county commissioner? Well, I'm running for county commissioner because I've already did the thing on the city level, and I was able to accomplish a lot of good things. But we have problems in our county, and I want to take um, what I've done in the city, and I want to move it over to the county because it's a larger area that encompasses all of our cities in Flagler County. So I think I can have a greater impact. But before I go on, first, thank you for having me, Karen. I'm, I'm grateful to be here. I think something that you said during your introduction is very, very important encouraging people to run for public office. When I ran for office, um, which was the only time I've ever run for office, and I got elected to the city council of Palm Coast, I had never run before. And I started probably two years um, before that election by knocking on doors, talking to people. I knocked on over 10,000 doors on my own. And I had to stop because of COVID. Uh, I wanted to do another 5,000. And it's very important for anyone who's never done this before, please, if you're even thinking about it, please do it. And, and, and there'll be a lot of people that might try to put you down, especially the professional politicians, and they'll tell you you're not going to raise any money, you're never going to get elected, so on and so forth. That's what they told me. And then I started knocking on doors, and I built up my own grassroots effort. So I encourage anyone out there, if you are thinking you can make a difference, well, you probably can make a difference. So please step up. Don't let these people push you down or keep you down. Um, they didn't keep me down, and they're not going to keep me from getting elected to county commissioner in 2024. Um, so, again, I think that's very important what you said. Um, so going back to what I'm doing is when I, when I first got elected, I realized right away, and I think you don't need to be elected to realize this, these people know how to waste your tax dollars. They know how to just overspend on everything. They're bureaucrats. They feel they can never get fired. And they just keep asking and asking and asking. And they were getting and getting and getting. I came in and after, you know, it, it took me a couple of tries, but I've managed to get a full millage rate rollback for this year, which means in Palm Coast, our taxes are not going up for homeowners. Um, I managed to kill franchise fees that they wanted to put on electric bills. Uh, the, the tax dollar is very, very important. And, and the one thing you learn when you get into government is there's so much waste and you can make a difference and, and, and make sure those tax dollars are used for things we need, not things that we don't need. Yeah, they seem to have a big uh, idea of all of the things that are necessary for the people and they don't even live in the area. So how do they know what's necessary for the people? 
and they create new offices and new bureaucratic agencies and expect us to fund them when what impact do they have? How do they make our lives better? I certainly don't think so. Uh, I have friends that live in Flagler County, Ed, and they've been telling me that you have a new department of sustainability. What is that all about? This was the year previous year budget, which I was not able to cut completely. And and they were able, and you gotta, you gotta realize when like me, I'm the vice mayor, but there's four other people on, on city council. So it takes three votes out of the five to do anything. And they managed to slip in this sustainability officer. It's an $80,000 a year position, along with about $20,000 of benefits. And the first thing this person came to us with was, was she was so happy too. She was like, let me electrify you. Those were the first words out of her mouth when she came to council. And she said, I'm going to get us grants from Joe Biden and Pete Buttigieg and AOC and the whole Green New Deal so we can put in, you know, they'll give us half the money, we'll fork over the rest and we'll put in free EV charging stations throughout our city. And I said, hell no, you're not going to do that. First place, it's not our job to provide free electricity to people that have electric cars. You want to have an electric car? Fine. Plug it in your own your, your own uh, um, house and, and pay for it when, when your electric bill comes. That's what you want to do? I don't care. But we're not providing free electricity for cars. We don't provide free gasoline for those of us that have gasoline-powered cars. So we managed to kill that. And at that point, I put this person on notice. I said at that council meeting, I don't even know why you have a job here. And I have to tell you, this upcoming budget, this is a position that I completely want to cut. It's not needed. It's not, it, 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 it's insanity, to be honest with you. I don't buy the Green New Deal. I don't buy the AOC, Pete Buttigieg, Joe Biden garbage. Um, all they want to do is force us to accept climate change. And as far as I'm concerned, climate change is the biggest hoax ever perpetuated on mankind. It is absolutely insanity. And so, you know, you can, if, if someone out there is thinking of running for office and you have a problem like this in your town, you can make a difference if you get elected. Right. And one of the questions that we as the residents of that town should be asking the elected official is, how much does this cost? And what oh, yeah. percentage of budget does this represent? Because one of the answers that I got when I asked that question was, I said, how much is this going to cost? Oh, it's going to cost us uh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, how much percentage of budget is that? Um, it's 5% of the budget. I said, how much is it going to cost us to implement it? And the answer was about 30 to 40% of budget. And I said, does that make sense? No, that doesn't make sense at all. So we forget to ask the important question, which is how much is it going to cost and what impact is it going to have on the community? And is it going to benefit the people that live there in the end? And as Ed said, absolutely not. Uh, we just found out that an EV uses 137 kilowatts per uh, hour in cost, an average house is 1.5 kilowatts per day, per day. So charging an EV would cost the county the equivalent of 200 houses. How does that oh, yeah. make sense at all? 
it makes no sense. And in case anyone hasn't noticed, the big auto manufacturers are, are cutting back on their EV production. Um, Ford has slashed it tremendously. It's not profitable. They're losing money when they sell the car um, right off the bat. And so they're cutting back on it because, quite frankly, they just simply don't work at this point in time. Hertz, big rental car agency, has slashed their EVs. Um, they're just totally not worth uh, the expense of keeping. And, and again, you know, when our sustainability officer wanted the city to fund these free EV charging stations, my response was, this belongs to the free market, not to government. If there is a need for these devices, believe me, uh, free enterprise will step up, business will step up and make a profit. Right now, they're not doing that because it's not profitable. So why should we do it? Well, they want us to do it because they want us to promote their Green New Deal climate change uh, policies. And I will never promote policies like that. Well, I've got news for everybody. The climate changes. And the best thing that a government can do is help the people be prepared for when the climate does change. That would be a good job of the government. Instead of funding, as Ed said, EVs or solar panels. Every day I get a, a message in my mailbox saying, oh, the state of Florida will fund your solar panels. And I'm thinking, why on earth would the state of Florida fund solar panels when the money that to buy them is going to China? How does that make sense? And then, of course, we have to go and look at all of the donations that go to the variety of candidates who are putting pushing this. And my other question is, in the last six days, Florida was cloudy for five of them. How is a solar panel going to work? Where am I going to get my electricity from when there's no sun? It doesn't work, folks. It is a failed program. And it should be, as Ed said, part of the free market. You want to buy it? God bless, buy it, do whatever you want. I don't want to pay for it. I don't see why I should be paying for it. Ed, tell everyone where they can find your campaign. Oh, yes. You can go to my website. It is votedanko.com. That's V-O-T-E, D as in David, A-N-K-O.com. Votedanko.com. Uh, I have a lot of information on there about I tell people where I stand on the issues. I'm not shy about that. I'm too old to lie about it. So you can find out where I fit into the big picture. And, um, and if you have any questions, you can email me. Actually, there's a welcome video on my website. And I actually put my personal cell phone number on that video. You can call me. I return all my calls. Um, but if you like what you see, if you like where I stand, if you think uh, you know, having a good government is, is, is worth a little expense, um, then don't be shy. You can click on that donation tab because I will tell you and anyone out there who's thinking of running for office who's never done this, it does cost money. Websites cost money. Yard signs cost money. Campaign buttons cost money. Mailers, mailing out stuff to voters is real expensive now. It's gotten worse under the Biden administration because the prices of everything have gone through the roof. Um, but, you know, I, I actually believe it's worth it. I reached into my pocket when I first ran and I put $25,000 of my own money into that campaign. Um, and it was, it's, it was worth it. 
because I've been able to make somewhat of a difference. I've been able to save us all on tax dollars and stupid policies. Um, and I will continue to fight like that. So please, it's votedanko.com. Well, thank you so much, Ed. Thank you for joining me today. And folks, this is what America is all about. If you are not in contact with your elected officials, then how do they know how to represent you? They don't. So it's up to us to make sure that they are representing the things that we need and we can't have them represent us if we're silent. So get involved. That's the most important thing. Thank you, Ed, for joining me. Thank you for having me, Karen. Well, you just heard from two terrific people, each coming from a different part of life, but each one not knowing each other said exactly the same thing. If we, the people, don't get involved, nothing will change. Nothing will happen, and I will guarantee that we will lose our wonderful country. Are you ready to let that happen? Because I am not. I want us to be working, to be doing. And nothing was more evident than what just happened in the state of Florida. And look around your state, because I'm sure it's happening there too. In the state of Florida, we just had a special election because a Republican left, which he's entitled to do, to go go and after other endeavors. And there was a special election that was called. Well, the RPOF, that's the Florida Republican Party, has a uh, policy that they will not get involved in primary elections. This wasn't a primary election. This was to elect a House representative. The Democrats spent $541,000. They had incredible messaging, especially about abortion. And guess what? They knocked on doors. The Republicans spent $207,000. Their messaging, especially on abortion, was pretty lousy. And they didn't knock on doors. Guess who won that election? Folks, this is not rocket science. If you want to win, you have to do the work. If you don't do the work, Don't even bother trying to get elected because it is not an easy task. Let me tell you, I ran for office. The machine, the Republican machine was more against me than anything else. I didn't even have a real Democrat opponent. But that didn't matter because the machinery won, even though I did knock on doors. But this, of course, was before attention was paid to grassroots candidates. So I fault my campaign. I didn't knock on enough doors. Who would have known? There are wonderful programs that you as a candidate can go and follow. And there are wonderful training sessions that you as a candidate can join. And I would suggest that anyone running for office does that because running for office is not an easy task and should not be taken lightly. But if you want to win, there are avenues to win. Bad enough, we have such corruption in Florida that our voting machines have not been monitored for an upgrade for 19 years. 19 years. Do you think there are programs that involve hacking that have been developed during that time? 
our Secretary of State should be ashamed. Actually, our Secretary of State should resign. What a travesty that is. Also, in the state of Florida, the citizenship is not monitored. So I could walk into my SOE's office, supervisor of election, because I moved or because I needed to make a name change or any change. And there is a little section there that says, are you a citizen? I could check yes. And guess what? Nobody will check to see if I lied. In this political climate that we are suffering today, lying is the norm. As a matter of fact, lying is such the norm that the critters in Davos have made that their prime objective. Misinformation and disinformation, which of course means censorship for anyone telling the truth, is their high priority. It's even more important than climate change. Can you imagine that? So they will actively be seeking out multiple ways to go after we the people and anyone telling the truth. Uh, Glenn Beck has been censored over and over and over again. And I'm and Tucker, look at what happened to him. They took him off the air. Fox just took Mike Lindell off the air. They hate us. They want us dead. And until we recognize that and are willing to act, we're going to lose. And if we do lose, it's going to be very ugly. The good news is that President Trump's cases are falling apart. Now, there will be wins in the lower courts, but as he gets to the appellate courts and the appeals courts and ultimately the Supreme Court, he will win because right and the truth is on his side. How can you have a case against someone if the judge doesn't even allow that person to present their evidence? How, th think about that, folks. Every single one of his cases, he was not allowed to present evidence. How can you have a case? How can you have fair justice? How can you have anything that resembles a democratic, fair justice system like we have in this country, or used to have. We certainly don't have it anymore. But we do have a couple of interesting cases at the Supreme Court. What might they be? Well, there's a case, an old case about Chevron. And right now, two fishermen, herring fishermen from the state of New Jersey are suing the feds because of federal overreach. What happened was in the case of Chevron, the court said that if a law is clear, then it must be followed the way it was laid out. If a law is not 100% clear, then the agency has the ability to put the uh, regulations in place. Well, once you tell an agency that they can do that, guess what they're going to do? Not only are they going to do that, but they're going to overdo that. And that's what we have happening right now. We have agencies that have decided that they are the lawmakers. They make mandates. The president makes executive orders. An executive order is not a law. 
an executive order was supposed to be a description to the agency, not to the people, to the agency to tell the agency how to carry out the law that Congress wrote. Unfortunately, Congress gave up that right a long time ago, and they allowed the agencies to make the laws. And that's why we have so many problems that we do today. So what is happening now with this case with the fishermen is that the federal agency that regulates them said, not only are we going to regulate you, but we are going to put regulators on your boats and you are going to pay their salaries up to 20% of the profit of the day. 20% of the profit, are you kidding me? A fisherman hardly makes anything to begin with. Taking away 20% is a travesty and not right. So I have to have my, my warden come with me and I have to pay him also. So they took this to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court did hear the case. And if the Supreme Court has any cojones, then they would say, wait a minute, Congress is supposed to make the laws. And this is a law that is unconstitutional. And if that happens, that will fold back the authority of the administrative state which the deep state relies upon to carry out their horrific policies. So we have to pray that the Supreme Court gets it right. Another one that's very similar is a land right law, which a couple invested in a company in India, and they did not take any profit. They took all the profit and put it back in the company. So they did not realize anything of their investment. They agreed that they would put the money back in the corporation. And eventually, when the corporation was strong, they would take out their profit. But as of right now, which I believe has been five years already, they have not taken any money out. That's not unusual, folks. People with long-term savings do that quite often because they're counting on the fact that in the future, that company company will bring them a big reward. Well, the federal government, the IRS, wants them to pay taxes on their unearned income. And what that means for you and me is that if you have a house or you have any property and it has an equity, we call that equity, um, in it, then the federal government could come after you even though you never cashed in and took that equity out. So let's say my house, I bought it for $100,000. And over time, I've lived here and I've made improvements and I've done a lot of things to it. And now it's worth $200,000. But I'm not moving. I'm not going anyplace. But the government could then say to me, okay, Ms. Schoen, you owe taxes on $100,000. And I would say, well, where did that come from? Well, that's what your house is worth now. Well, wait a minute. That's not the way taxes are supposed to work. If I sell my house and I make $100,000, then I owe you taxes, but I'm not selling. The answer to that is too bad you owe us the money. So we have to hope that the Supreme Court does the right thing. We also have several bills that are up in Congress, both in our state and federally. Please look at the show notes and you will see them there. But most important, get a hold of your legislators and tell them no border, 
no government. We don't need this government to be dictating to us while our borders are open and all they are doing is destroying our country. Tell the SEC no to the NAC. No foreign entity has the right to own America's assets. And above all, tell them that no to the WHO. We do not want the World Health Organization run by the Communist United Nations to dictate to us what our health policies should be. And folks, we are now at the end of the show. And I hope you learned a lot as always, because that is the goal. And you have homework. Remember, I'm the teacher. You have homework. Contact your legislator and tell five people and ask them to tell five people and tell those five about the three things that we just talked about in the end. You don't have to make it long and confusing. It's not necessary. If everyone did just one thing, we would have a totally different government. It's our job to oversee them, and we're not doing our job. So this one's on us, folks. You've been listening to Karen Schoen. This is the Prism of America's Education brought to you on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance, who is doing an amazing job. And we cannot give up the Hope Scholarship. So please make sure that our congressmen in the state of Florida know that we say no to mixing the Hope Scholarship. See you again next week, folks. Have a wonderful week and stay warm.